You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro, who's the Deputy Chairman of Sassfin Securities in Johannesburg. The big event this week is going to be the South African Reserve Bank's Monetary Policy Committee decision on the repo rate, which is essentially every single interest rate in South Africa. And again, I'm reading economists saying, well, you know, 12 out of the 15 that we've surveyed said that it must be a, a flatline or will be a flatliner because of the rating agency's pronouncements which come in the first quarter. I'm sorry, it's always some excuse. I think mm. it's wrong, personally. I, well, well, forget about the rating agencies. I mean, that's already baked in or that's already done. I think instinctively we need to stimulate this economy somehow. And uh, I think anecdotally, Lindsay, we're getting some very harsh tales of what happened over the holiday period, you know, where anybody was in a shopping center or alternatively even even on holiday, they report much lower turnover, uh, lower attendance, um, lower numbers wherever they are. So I think it's a something has to be done here. It's we just we just running out of steam. The World Bank reckon we're gonna grow this year in twenty twenty under one under one percent, which is is far, far too low. Um, to get this economy, you know, kick-started. So something has to be done. The two ways you do it, you either do it fiscal policy or you do it monetary policy or, a, you know, better still a combination of both. Um, Fiscal-wise, I don't think we've got the margin to do so, but I think monetary policy-wise, I think there is, you know, there is margin to do something. So I, I'm not an economist. I just sit here and look at my screens and look at the reds and the greens. But, uh, you know, even in my own, you know, with my limited knowledge, something, you know, something has to be done to give us, uh, to give the consumer a little more purchasing power. Yes, indeed. So I, Monetary but, policy can't be viewed in isolation. It has to be backed up mm-hmm. by uh, good deeds from yeah. the people that determine our fiscal futures yeah. as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on Lesetje Kanyago, but I think he's too, too cautious and his team are, are too cautious and he should be bold because even though the rank and file of South Africa, the man and woman in the street, most of us or most of the South African people don't have an exposure to interest rates either up or down. But what it does do, I think, is engender some sort of positivity with the, mm. with the corporate world. And you can say, well, that's the elite. But on the other hand, the elite doesn't have to cut 1,440 jobs, i.e. Mass Mart's yep. announcements today, because they'll say, well, actually, interest rates are coming down, so um, our debt is coming down, and therefore we can expand this store or that store rather than shedding mm. jobs. Mm. I mean, it, it's, mm. it's a self-fulfilling momentum, I think. Mm. No, you're right. Uh, you know, I, I think... Where we're coming from as well, if you look at the mass mart announcement to which you've uh, referred, um, they're going to cut 1,400 jobs. They're closing down uh, Dion Wide. They're closing down uh, Mass Cash, which is the uh, wholesale. Admittedly, wholesale is something of the past. Um, but they, they, they're cutting it down simply because um, they're cutting it down because they see a bleak period ahead. It's not because they see next month bleak. They see it bleak ahead, yes. in years ahead. And that's why they're cutting it down. You know, that's why they're doing this. This is a permanent decision. Um, you can't reverse this uh, all of a sudden and go and create this, those uh, shops again and start entering into leases and so on. So I see it as a pretty dramatic decision on their behalf. 
mm. uh, to do something like this. And this goes on top of Edgar's as well, who announced that they're closing the Rosebank store. And I would imagine more and more large stores uh, would be cut. So all the evidence is, po- is, is, is pointing towards very, very difficult conditions in the economy. So something has to be done. You know, something has to be done just to, to bring life back. So, but Lindsay, you know, you, me, we're just commentators. We just sit here and, and watch screens. I don't think yeah. we've got that intellectual capacity to argue these points. Thank and, you very uh, much. You know, <laughs> no, you, you understand? I don't, no, I do what, know what, what I'm trying mean. to say is, you know, we, I'm not an economist. I don't spend my time uh, understanding the economy to that kind of point. Uh, and therefore, when, when people like Lissetra come out, when the Monetary Policy Committee comes out, and then we start to hear from all, all the economists that sit in the ivory towers and the big banks, et cetera, you know, you're completely overwhelmed by the arguments. So you say, okay, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll just have to accept it, but it just doesn't seem right. Do you think that the, the, the job cuts that have been announced today and the store closures that have been announced today, Edgar's and MassMart uh, to wit, do you think that's because they've seen the numbers over the spending period, the peak spending period, you yes. know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, the Christmas period, so-called? Do you think they're saying to themselves, well, if it's, if it's that bad, what, 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 what our, our spreadsheet is telling us or the data is, yep. is telling us, then what is, after the sales, what's going to happen where the margins are obviously slashed yep. dramatically? What's going to happen in February, March? And April, ahead of Easter, bleak, bleak times. Do you think that these numbers are going to be really bad? Well, that's the way I read it. And I think you're right. You know, that's how I read it. So um, they're not doing it because of, you know, what they saw last month or so. This has been a buildup of conditions. And uh, I think that's, you know, one must, must read it for what it is. Um, very, very difficult decision to have made. And, and look, they've, they might have called it wrong from a, a strategic point of view. Um, there might be different circumstances, but still, the impl- you know what we don't realise is the implications are very widespread, and, and I think you've you've got to you've got to consider these as well. So I'm surprised that the market has been as positive as it is, you know, in, in, uh, at the moment because. In the same way as we saw Edgar's, every time you close one of those stores, whoever has a Dion Wired store, they've got to go find somebody else to occupy that space. Yeah. And I'm not sure that everybody is lining up in the in the malls to occupy that space. And Dion Wired are big stores. Like, they might not be as big as a pick-and-pay store or anything, but they're still sizable stores all around the country. So uh, that space goes, and there's a multiplier effect of all of this as well. Um, they bought merchandise from various um, – it might have been imported. I'm not sure where it comes through. But, but, but the closure of these stores you know, is felt right through is in a much bigger way than simply closing down a store. You know, I don't know who picks up the slack, whether it's Take-A-Lot or the online purchases. But certainly those 1,400 people who are out of jobs are going to find it very, very difficult to, uh, to find employment. I'm, I'm and that's, sure, that's a sad thing. I'm not sure that the retail uh, demise that we've just been speaking about is to do with online sales in South Africa. Maybe mm. a, a small percentage mm. can be attributed to mm. people going online, people that are lucky enough to un- understand cell phones and uh, have bank accounts and credit cards, etc., and places to deliver these goods to. I, I think it's more... What to do with the malaise of the South African economy? Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. You know, I'm saying I'm just trying to be devil's advocate and say maybe. You know, I can't jump to conclusions without 
really knowing it. But I think we're going to see more of that, Lindsay. I'm, you know, after years of trying to make it work, uh, this will be our third year of growth, which is under 1%. So after years of trying to make this economy work, eventually it starts to bang, you know, on companies' top line. Uh, in other words, on the revenue side, they've done all they can at the bottom line or uh, trying to cut costs and introduce efficiencies. But I think that this is a portent uh, of what we're going to see. It's an indication of, of more difficulties down the line in this economy as businesses battle uh, in, a, in a very, very low growth environment. So, um, you know, get used to it. I think we're going to have to, we, you know, we, we, we're going to see a lot more trouble before this thing does turn around, if it does. And I think we're a bit too complacent, a little too uh, hopeful um, in, in this economy. So I'm giving you my, my reading of, 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 of the tea leaves, you know, of reading the tea leaves, and yes. also of having looked at companies last year and trying to work out, um, you know, what lies ahead. And as I've said to you many times before, when you go to that outlook statement, no one has actually given you encouragement that things are picking up here. So it's, it's, yeah, this is a tough market. Yeah, it is really is tough. The rand is under pressure. Yeah. Um, it's at 1442 yeah. at the moment. Do you think that is maybe an insider saying we know that they're actually going to, going to cut rates and, and throw a bone to the slavering dogs? In other words, uh, people like you and I moaning. They'll just give us a little bit of hope by cutting by 25 basis points. Or do you think yeah. this is just the euro dollar and a few flows here I, and there on a thin day? I think a mixture of both of them. You know, the, the, the pound came under a bit of pressure on the suggestion that rates will be cut there mm. and uh, economy just battling along. So I think the, the pound now, just looking against the dollar, it's under 130. Uh, and that might have been, you know, because of the cross rates and uh, that, that, the, that the rand has come under pressure. But I would imagine that, that, that the rand is going to start finding it more difficult as more and more economic news comes out. I think we've had a very strong and good run for reasons that we haven't been able to establish um, it's, it's been mainly dollar weakness that's helped us. But, uh, I, 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 you know, looking at, at, at global markets now, I still think the dollar or the U.S. economy is still going to lead the way up. And I, I, I don't think it's going to be challenged by Europe or any other, uh, economy. So I'm, I'm not sure I join the chorus that the dollar is going to be, uh, weak this year. You know, everything's pointing towards at least holding ground or, at least attracting uh, investment more so than other areas of the smart of the global economy. Yeah, indeed. US, uh, the US created 145,000 jobs on Friday. Mm. And people say, well, it was below expectations. Isn't that terrible? What a load of rubbish, as I've said to, uh, to Liston Manchies earlier on. This is a good number. This is an economy that is at full employment, and still you managed to create 145,000 jobs. I mean, we wish we could create 145,000 jobs in a month off an incredibly low base. They're coming off a massively high base. Mm. I agree. 145,000 jobs. There's complaints about the quality of jobs, that they're low-level service jobs. It doesn't matter. So Somebody what? who ne- wasn't employed is now getting a salary, which is going to, going to with which it's, uh, that person's going to play rent, going to pay rent, and also going to have a little bit of uh, consumer uh, disposable income to buy, f- whether it's food or shoes or clothes, whatever. So I think the, the American, the U.S. consumer remains in strong, in a very, very strong condition, and is holding up. Uh, is, is holding up the market. 
The other thing is that the markets, just looking at the futures now, I know we're due to open in about 15 minutes in the U.S. Yes. Futures are up. So whatever brought it down on Friday, which I think was the more warmongering and uh, uh, hostile talk you know, against Iran, I think I think that's slowed down for a bit. That's eased off. And the markets look like picking up again. So I, I, we're going to have a run for whatever reason for the next couple of months. And we'll, we'll have to take stock then, you know, on, on valuations and on corporate results and so on. But in the meantime, the momentum seems to be behind the market and I'm not going to fight it. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not, I, I'm listening to all the naysayers and I'm listening to all the, um, observers or analysts who feel that the markets run too far, too fast or too high. Yeah, I, I get that in, you know, I, I get that. But for the meantime, I'm going to let it run. You know, I'm not going to take action yet. S&P is up. Um, S&P futures mm. are up eight and a third percent as we pre-record this podcast, David Shapiro. I suppose there, there is some hope for the bears because on Friday we saw the Dow Jones go through 29,000 for the first mm. time and then close mm. down 133 points. So the technical analysts will say, well, mm. actually, that's a bit of a reversal. So maybe we've got a period of weakness. And I suppose that coincides with U.S. earnings seasons, mm. season, rather, which uh, kicks off mm. this week, uh, traditionally with Alcoa. It does, and it, it, it's mainly the banks that uh, everybody will be watching for to see. And, and, and remember, they've given guidance, so it's a matter of whether they beat guidance or below guidance. Um, it's not the absolute results that will matter. So we'll watch and see what, uh, what the bank results point to. Um, you know, it's, it's, at least they've got margin. The one thing about the banks in the U.S., yeah. there is a little bit of lending margin because rates are – uh, relatively higher than in Japan or in uh, Europe. Um, also, they could be spending. You know, they benefit from from consumer spending. Um, I know that debt there is very high and corporate debt is high, and there is a worry about where where US is in the cycle. But still, we'll see what those results uh, you know point to. Um, the trading side of it, there might be benefits. You know, that's always those are always very difficult to to kind of fathom out, but I think it'll be important. What, uh, Lindsay, just, just listening to or reading, um, what the consensus is if that results will be up this year on last year, about 6% corporate results. So there'll be an improvement on last year. Yeah. Um, and if they can meet that, if they can meet that, then this market can hold. You know, I, you can't be ultra bullish at this stage after 11 years, you know, um, you can be bullish, but you can't have the same kind of or expect the same kind of gains that we've got over those years. But it's still, it, it doesn't mean that the market's going to fall in a heap. So it, you've got to be very, very careful how you play it and where you play it. Yes, indeed. I'm just looking at a couple of headlines while you were talking there. The MassMart um, story is, yeah. is the front page of bdlive.co.za. Uh, there's an editorial which has a picture of Bob van Dyke, and it says, Just Eat Failure spells relief mm, for process mm. in shareholders. We've spoken about this on several occasions. Mm. And we sort of, without knowing anything, because we're not qualified to, to know what's gone on at boardroom level, but it seemed a lot of money to me. Yeah, I think I think that's why the relief rally. I think the fact that he got very little for his offer. I I I don't know how to interpret it. I've uh, um, there's plenty more that he can go for. Um, I just hope that he's careful about 
um, where he goes. He wants to go into food delivery. It's a, it's a big area of the market. There are plenty of other countries from Brazil to India, you know, where one can make a mark and, and purchase companies. Um, I think, I think the worry is not to be too keen to do a deal for the sake of being doing, doing a deal and do a deal that really, uh, is worthwhile at the right price. Um, he lost this one badly. You know, got yeah. really clobbered on this one. Um, I don't know whether it's left his ego a little damaged and he wants to quickly make good. And I hope not. I hope he's, he's clever enough to say, okay, I missed that one, got it wrong. Uh, let's sit down and rethink this. Markets picked up slightly, you know, nothing dramatic. So there wasn't any fallout as a result of that. But, um, he needs to do, he wants to do something. That was the whole basis of, of shifting the uh, you know the, uh, the listing into Amsterdam, and uh, we have to watch. I, I I'm positive on on what we're going to see out of uh, China in Tencent and Alibaba. I prefer Alibaba to Tencent at this basis, mainly on on valuation criteria. But uh, I think we might start to see a turnaround there, which could give him a little bit of a boost as well for the wrong reasons, you know. Um, you know, just gives his, his stock a little more value, but he can't exactly. use that stock, eh? Hey, uh, Lindsay, I don't think he can use the stock. Um, in other words, he can't issue more shares and dilute his, uh, I think dilute the stake in Tencent. I think there's, there's a delicate balance that he has to use there. So I think he just must move on now. I mean, it, it says mm. here only just more than 158,000 just each shares mm. were submitted in response to the offer. This suggests that the 100 billion rand wasn't even in the ballpark as yeah. just each shareholders were concerned. Uh, Process's overwhelming yeah. lack of success. This is BD Live. Process's overwhelming lack of success for the single most valuable deal it or NASPES has yet targeted represents something of a challenge for shareholders i think fantastic you failed yeah get out no. and you, and maybe because mm. of this over traded space it's a it's a good thing and move on to something mm. else that would be my i attitude. agree with you I, no, I, I agree with you i don't think we should make too much of it you know all our egos get dented and battered a little but mm. you can't let that uh you can't let that affect you and go out and say well i'll teach you and go do something else you know, just stay calm it'll come <laughs> you know, they'll bring the deals to you and you just consider it on, on the right merits. And um, maybe a year can go by before they do anything. You don't have to do a deal. Exactly. And I, I often think of the David Moyes story uh, where David Moyes was the chosen one. And mm. he went from Everton, having had a very, a very yeah. successful, uh, but uh, sort of plodding. I would have, uh, I think he was a bit of a plodder as a manager at Everton, but he kept them up and he uh, challenged occasionally for various honours. Uh, but then he was chosen by Sir Alex Ferguson, and. I always think that he's, Sir Alex Ferguson was looking down at him in the stands because he goes to every game. And, you, and it's almost as like Kurt Becker is looking down at Bob Van Dyke. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, mm -hmm. Mr. Van Dyke may, and this is just my psychological theory here, may feel that he needs to do another 10 cent deal somehow and it hasn't worked. Mm -hmm. But I don't think he should be under that pressure. He's a nice chap. No, I've met no, him a couple no, of times. Uh, definitely not. Definitely not. There's absolutely no pressure for him to do do, do anything. And uh, if there's a clamoring by shareholders and a clamoring by the outside media, just ignore them. You know, that's 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 a strength that he has to develop you know, to do the right deal for the right, you know, for the right sake, not just simply because there's pressure on him to do a deal.
And I felt there was pressure on him to do this one. Yes. And it was against him from the start. And uh, I think that's why the market's up now. They were scared that he was going to do it for the wrong reasons and pay too much. Right. Yes, he justifies, you know, and he's coming out and saying, oh, they're wrong. Um, you know, takeaway's wrong. They, uh, they just he's going to need a lot of money still and there's going to be a lot of capital needed, which they can't really provide, blah, blah, blah. Just enough. Walk away. Let, the, let them fail, and you, you might even come and pick up the pieces later. I don't think that we've reached a peak delivery in, when it comes to food, but no. I do believe that that $100 billion was was way, way too much mm. uh, without no. uh, having an inside no. story on it. It just seems a lot of money for a food delivery service. <laughs> for a few people on a bus back <laughs> delivering <laughs> pizzas, I mean, hell. <laughs> uh, uh, listen, it's big. Don't, don't, don't underestimate it. You know, any no. city here. Uh, you see the chaps uh, running around there, Uber, you know, Ubering, delivering food. Uh, these are industries that are growing, and some more and more people are taking advantage of them. And somewhere down the line, you're going to get more than someone delivering your, uh, you know, your pizza. It's going to be, it could be anything from your medicine to your dry cleaning to anything. Yeah, exactly. In other words, become, mm. we become lazy and corpulent. Um, <laughs> yes. but, but people have a, <laughs> people have a tendency to become lazy if, if they can. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's almost like many, many years ago, you may not remember, you will remember because you're older than, slightly older than I am, but there used to be a, a thing called a television where you would get up and change the channel by pressing the button yeah. on, the, then you got the remote control. And that's how it works. That's what, people become yeah. lazy. <laughs> and just give a kid a, Give a kid a cell phone, a smartphone, I promise you, oh, going to put it to full use and order everything that you can. You know, uh, Put the headphones on, you're playing games, you don't want to go to the toilet, you don't want to go there, you just phone Uber Eats <laughs> and knock, knock on the door, there you are, there's your food. <laughs> anything else you're seeing, so, David? Um, not really. I, you know, it's, it, it's, it, we've been off to a pretty low start here. Um, I think I think I mentioned this during our chats last week. I think what is taking place now is we're still seeing plenty of activity in 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 mining shares, particularly at the precious metal side of it. And uh, you know, once again, platinum shares are holding their own today, and they're still making up uh, the trade on the JSE. They're still starting to contribute together with NASPERS and Process. Still seeing big trade. Yes, we understand it's. They are in the indices. They are in the emerging market indices. But Impala, um, Impala, uh, Sabania, um, you know, still amongst the big traders. Uh, one, of, one of the areas, one of the companies in the spotlight today as well is Mondi on the uh, resignation of the CEO who's been there for uh, yes. you know, a couple of years. I think for, was only there for three years. Remember, he was there for, for, I think, 22 years before that. So a lot of speculation as to you know, what's behind the uh, Oswald's, um, Peter Oswald's resignation. And uh, some, you know, no one really knows and no one's got to the bottom of it. But uh, I see the shares up a little bit today, better today. They, they did come down quite sharply on his, um, you know, on his resignation. Massimo's um, shares. Are- by Sabania. Yeah. You know, which is a... a purchase. I mean, but that's, a, that's, that's really, a, you know, reprocessing dumps. So it's it it it's the oldest market. I think it's the the longest listing share on the JSE is Durban Deep. I think it goes back Durban to the 1890s. Durban Deep. Can you, yeah. you you probably did a mm, few deals mm, on that when you were on Di- mm, Diagonal Street, mm, didn't you? Mm. I went down the mine. Oh, yeah. I always remembered had what you call a diagonal shaft. 
You know, you didn't go down uh, horizontally. Uh, sorry, vertically, vertically, vertically. <laughs> you went down uh, horizontally. You don't want to go. <laughs> if you're going horizontally, you're in trouble. You'll get, end I mean, up in a car park. A, yeah. yeah, it was a, uh, you know, it was uh, the, the shaft that went down kind of sideways uh, at a slant. I remember going down. It's a hugely old mine. I mean, hell, but um, it still produces anyway. gold. Still produce well. They they they're producing gold out of the out of the dumps around Joburg, you know, around the, wherever they can. Not only Joburg, and that that's mainly because the the uh, extraction during the early days when these mines were first uh, discovered, uh, you couldn't completely, you know, your your cyanide, whatever they call the leaching process, wasn't deficient enough to extract all the gold. So a lot of gold was still left in the dumps, yes. which they now, with more efficient methods, are being able to uh, to leach out or to get out, or I don't know what the process, the technical process is called. So uh, money's still in those dumps. There's money in dumps, uh, or as they say in England, where there's muck, there's brass. In other words, where there's dirt, <laughs> there's money. Uh, Massmart shares up nearly five percent. So people rewarding the new, relatively new CEO. He's probably about 150 days into his tenure. Uh, he's he's you know because costs coming down and he's taking action. Mm-hmm. People, are re- the stock market being a rapacious and uh, capitalistic mm-hmm. as it is, rewarding it. Interesting. Five percent move. It's interesting because they're going to suffer before they start to pick up, you know, and uh, um, you're going to have to lay off these people. You're going to give them, you know, packages, um, retrenchment packages is going to cost quite a lot. Closing down the leases, the negotiation of all of that is going to be, it's going to put some cost on the, you know, on the bottom line. Um, but the market prepared to look beyond that and saying this is, this is the right area. And it's a start. MassMod is, Come under a lot of pressure over the last few years. Certainly not fulfilling the expectations that Walmart um, saw when they bought the company, or or put a lot in a bought a large stake in there. So MassMart has been a laggard. It's really been behind uh, the rest of the industry, the rest of the retail sector, should I say? Mm. So maybe maybe people taking a bit different view and saying, listen, it's as, probably as low as it's going to go. There's going to be upside from here. We'll see. We're going to see Thursday. We get uh, a lot of updates coming through so between the, in, in the next ten days, uh, ten days to two weeks. We're going to get a lot of updates, and we'll be able to get a feeling for uh, how the you know the shape of the consumer, the health of the consumer. Okay, David, on to football now. Um, Arsenal, yes. again, und- underwhelming, but it looked uh-huh. okay against Crystal Palace, but they let their one nil lead. Uh, slip and, and drew uh, one all. Liverpool are unbelievable. You know they've mm. they've won. They haven't lost for over a year in the league That's now. That's crazy. And they've won twenty of their or well, twenty one of their twenty two games so far this season. It's, it's like they're the invincibles. You can't touch them. They're unbelievable. No. I I you know what they've got a good team. You've got credit to them. They really are a good team. And even watching Spurs, you just were trying to will Spurs to do something. Yes. They never had it in there. They just, Spurs just never had anything there. Whether it's the poor quality of the other teams that have allowed them to dominate, I don't know. No. But uh, look, it was a 1-0 victory and uh, a well-taken goal. But that's what they do all the time. They take their goals well. And which which Spurs, Arsenal, and all the other teams don't do. Although I must say, Man City looked a bit awesome uh, yesterday, though they were playing a bottom team. Mm. But um, 
credit to to Liverpool. I mean, they coming out week after week and not showing any signs of strain. So this this could be a record. You know, I mean, I've I've never seen such dominance uh, since the days of Alec Ferguson. <laughs> No. You know, the early 90s, I mean, the mid 90s, when, when you had that invincible, uh, Man United team, which no one could beat. Yes, and the invincibles of, uh, Austin Wenger's Arsenal as well. Arsenal. Yeah. yeah, but they drew a lot. You know that when, I, listen, I'm an Arsenal man and I know those invincibles. A lot of their games were, they just clawed back in the last minute and, you know, managed to, to kind of get a goal. They didn't look as domin, as dominating as this team. You know, they never had, they weren't winning everything, every game. There were a lot of draws in the Invincible in those 50 matches. Yeah. So I, I, I think this is, this is a better record than Arsenal had. Oh, and much, I say that as an Arsenal fan. Hmm. This is going to be a record points haul, a record goals haul. It's going to be hmm. amazing. Uh, the one thing that I would say about this is, uh, and people get annoyed when we talk about football, but it's my show, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> David, hmm. Ernesto Valverdez, who's the uh, manager, coach hmm. of Wolves. Barcelona, they say they're going to beat oh, him yeah. out and get Xavi Alonso in because they didn't win the Spanish Super Cup in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> this is a guy that's delivered, I think, six trophies in two years. I mean, come on now. It's laughable. These people are ruthless. No, no, that's laughable. I don't think that's going to help. Uh, (laughs) Kick him out. For goodness sake. I've got got no answer for that. Anyway. They still play good soccer. They're incredibly talented people. But, uh, it's the best team in the world. I don't David. know. I love to see it. Yeah, we want to watch Liverpool, um, Barcelona. I want to see what happens in the Champions League. I'd love to see some real opposition for Liverpool because no one's been able to give them anything at, 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 up to now. David Shapiro, so. thank you very much for your time this evening. Your analysis on the serious matters of uh, financial markets <laughs> and the economy, plus also a little bit of football. David Shapiro is the Deputy Chairman of Sassman Securities in Johannesburg, and that was Shapiro World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.